do you want to stop feeling like shit every time you do healing work? Do you want to be able to become more spiritual and evolved without having to meditate all of the time? Would you believe me if I told you that childbirth is so painful because we are told that it is? Would you like to be able to bust through limiting beliefs and show up joyfully in your life? In today's episode on Root Awakening Health Podcast, we are talking with Rosalie Tolentino. Rosalie is a transformational lifestyle coach. She helps her clients with emotional and energetic healing. She helps them to develop their leadership skills and strongly show up as a leader in their environment. She helps them show up as their best selves within their relationships and strengthen their relationships. And she helps them bust through limiting beliefs. So in this episode, Rosalie and I talk a lot about limiting beliefs. Rosalie teaches us that the narrative that we play in our heads, the narrative that we've been told throughout our lives really does create our actual reality and create our actual experiences. So for example, with childbirth, one of her big points is that we are told throughout our lives that childbirth is very, very painful. So when we get to the point where we have a child, what experience are we faced with? A painful one because we are expecting that we are told that it is going to be that. But Rosalie helps us break through these limitations because she tells us that we are capable of changing our narrative. And she shows us how to do this in this episode. We go through a lot of different examples. She tells us about how this has shown up in her life, what she did to fix this and become free from this. And we also talk a lot about how we can strengthen our relationships with others and how we can have an outlook on situations that feels really good to us and that feels empowering instead of limiting. Every time I talk with Rosalie, I get reminded about what's really possible and I get reminded that our belief system is really everything. It dictates so much about our lives and Rosalie reminds us it can be better than you can even imagine. Life can be better than you can even imagine. You just have to believe that it's possible. So she really shows us how to do this here and she gives us many, many tips on how to change our outlook on life so things are less hard less painful and more fulfilling and more joyful. That's what we want. The bad things in our life go away when we focus on lighting ourselves up and being joyful. Nothing is ever going to be perfect, but we can have a lot happier of lives if we choose to surround ourselves with things that make us happy. And Rosalie helps us learn how to do that. So it's a really special episode. It's a really flowy episode. It's amazing how this turned out. It's super unscripted. We were so happy with how we ended this episode and you're going to love it. I know it. So let's get into this. This is Root Awakening Health Podcast. My name is Emily Kosick. I am the CEO of Root Awakening and an intuitive health coach. I help you discover your psychic gifts and become more intimate with yourself along the way. You can follow me on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening. Root is spelled R-O-O-T. Say hi. Tell me what you think about this episode. Tell me what you think about this podcast in general. I am always, always happy to connect with you. 
and I serve my clients through intuitive body readings and one-to-one spiritual coaching. My intuitive body readings help to show you where you have stagnant energy in your body, where you have trauma stored in your body, where you have suppressed emotions in your body, and I guide you through how to release that. Once we release the suppressed emotions, suppressed trauma in our body, we open ourselves up for divine downloads, we open ourselves up for an intuitive path, and we open ourselves up to just live through our soul. And that is what we accomplish or we start to begin to accomplish through my intuitive body readings. And in my one-to-one coaching, I basically take you on a journey of that. I take you on a journey through emotional healing, through discovering your psychic gifts, through discovering which psychic gifts are the strongest for you. Everybody has them. You just need to find them for yourself. And I guide you through applying that to your life and fully living through your intuition. You can book 30-minute or 60-minute readings with me. Head to the link in my bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening to book a reading. And if you're interested in one-to-one coaching, message me on Instagram or Facebook. My name on Facebook is mkosik. Okay, let's get into this episode with Rosalie Tolentino, Transformational Lifestyle Coach. Folks, I have Rosalie Tolentino back with us today for a sequel on Root Awakening a Health podcast. Rosalie came on this podcast initially for episode 15, and she talked about dream interpretations. She talked about astral projection. She talked about limiting beliefs and how we can kind of break through those. Uh, Rosalie is a transformational lifestyle coach. She helps her clients with emotional, energetic healing. She also helps her clients with spiritual transformation. She helps her clients apply all of this stuff to their business and to their life and relationships. She's just such a beautiful person, an absolute wealth of knowledge. And we were having a conversation right before I started recording and everything that that comes out of her mouth can be created into a podcast episode because it's just like she she knows a lot of stuff that all of us need to take into account. She has a beautiful outlook on life, a very positive outlook, but naturally positive outlook and really empowering view on life. So I'm so excited to have her back on. Rosalie Tolentino, welcome back to Root Awakening Health Podcast. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that you're here. And We would like to talk today about, I mean, the reason why we we got really fired up about creating a new podcast episode together was your view, Rosalie, on how our belief systems and how our narrative can limit us. And yes, we have talked about these topics in the past on this podcast, but Rosalie has a very beautiful, very powerful outlook on this. And she has shared with me before that even things like childbirth can, that that experience can be transformed with a different frame of mind. And we talk about, I talk often about leveling up on, especially on social media. I'll say, oh, I'm, I kind of have a spiritual hangover today because I'm leveling up. And that means just, you know, ascending higher in spirituality or becoming closer to God or becoming my higher self or becoming more of the person that I want to be. And it's kind of this 
it's we're taught that it's this painful process. And I was talking about that a lot over the past couple months. And I reached a point where I was like, do I want to keep feeling like shit every other week? Well, I know I want to keep healing, but do I want to keep feeling like shit? I don't. And I talk so much about how, how we are gods. We have the ability to create our own reality. So there's got to be another way. And I had remembered what Rosalie had said on episode 13, our first podcast recording together. She said, leveling up doesn't, she, I, I can't remember what the exact words were, but something like uh, leveling up doesn't have to be a struggle we can decide what it is to us at a certain point. So Rosalie, can you tell us a little bit more about your frame of mind on this topic and what your outlook is? Yeah, so, you know, it's, it's popular now to say, you know, things like ascending flu or, you know, whenever you're loving, leveling up, you're, you know, you catch like cold-like symptoms and they have a whole list. And there's so many articles about that. And what happens is that when, you know, the coaching industry, this spirituality community in this way, this frame, right, is, is something new, mm-hmm. you know, it's something new for us, you know, millennials, modern times to have these conversations outside of some secret room or, you know, outside of like an ashram or something like that. So what happens is that we're all trying to figure this out. So when somebody comes up with a new concept and throws it out there and a couple other people have experienced something similar, then it just becomes kind of like law, you know, Mm -hmm. this is the way, this is how it happens. This is, this this is what you're going to experience. And what that's for people is that, you know, just like people who run the four minute mile and, and, and it, it was like a myth and then it happens and then everybody was being able to do it, it also, you know, it also happens with the negative. So people are expecting to have the ascending flu. Mm-hmm. People are expecting, you know, to, to have all these symptoms as a sign of their up-leveling. Sometimes, you know, this belief is so strong in our community right now that if you don't have any of those, then you're probably not leveling up. <laughs> so it is such, it's such a strong belief. When i you know, I've been hearing about this since 2015. So when I, when I started to hear about this, you know, I was just like, oh, so anytime I would have a sore throat, every time I would have a cold, anything, you know, I was associated with me ascending. And then one day I said, holy shit, that doesn't even make sense. Honestly, why do I have to feel like I have the flu every time I level up, especially if I want to go, you know, quicker, if I want speed, because, you know, we all hear the universe loves speed. And I believe that too, the universe loves speed. So every other day, every other month, every, you know, every, every time I learn a new concept and integrate it, every time I get a new money goal, every time, you know, I, I learn something new within my spirituality, I'm going to feel like crap. Doesn't even make sense, you know, so I started questioning the belief. I started to really, you know, ask, is this even true? Is there a better way? Mm. And what I found is that you can joyfully move to the next level by desiring, right? Because our decisions, our words are so powerful. Like you said, we are gods, we are creators. So what we say, you know, 
is is law honestly it creates a reality in our perception you know so now I'm just like can I move to a new you know level of knowledge a new level of love a new level financially and feel good into doing it and the answer is yes I can you know one of the things that I see so often is that you know with clients and with people that I interact with is that Every month they're going through some horrible experience as they're, you know, building their business and they're making more money. And, and I tell these people, you know, and I might, I might be silly into saying it, but I do believe that this concept has a sense of silliness. So I say, you know, you've been working the entire month to, to, you know, to make consciously, intentionally to make this higher level of financial, you know, money, like let's say if you're going from 10 to 20,000 in your business, you've been working all month to make $20,000 in your business consciously. And then when you make it, you break down like what, and then I say things like, mm-hmm. what were you expecting? A dishwasher? No, honey, like mm-hmm. you're expecting the $20,000. You're expecting the clients. You're expecting the experience, you know? But people, they meet their goals and they freak out and it makes it even so much worse. Like, what are you expecting? Mm-hmm. Are you expecting the, the, the up level financially or were you expecting me to give you a puppy? Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, it, and it, sounds, it sounds super silly, but if we really think about this, you know, if we, think, if we really think about this, it doesn't make sense. The concept doesn't make sense. So instead of the celebrating, you know, we go into the, the self-doubt and, and, and the, oh, now I got to get sick for a couple of days because, you know, I worked too hard to make this $20,000. So I, you know, or this or that or whatever, you know, it's just, it's the constant cycle of freaking out within us. And we could just be like, Hey, I'm working toward this goal. I'm holding the energy. I'm speaking life into my business. Mm. and now I'm preparing for a celebration Mm. and then when you meet your goals you could just go into the celebration and it just causes a very nice flow of energy versus the freak out it's like you're moving towards something you're expecting versus oh shit I I made $20,000 I'm freaking out what are you freaking out about you were you were working towards this and sometimes very hard. <laughs> there's a level of you that had to up, there's something within you that had to up level to even be able to up level financially. So you've been doing the work. So what, what are, what are we doing? So yeah, so that, that was, you know, that, that was the thing that I, that got me. And I was like, you know, it, the, the whole concept, this doesn't make any sense, but is we often don't question these concepts. I, I was talking to one of my friends the other day and she said in a post, she said, um, she said, we need to start thinking again. And I said something like, we need to start having better conversations around, you know, things that really matter that limit us. And the whole the whole ascension theme, the whole concept that we have to break down to break through is a limiting belief. And we have to start questioning these beliefs. Imagine if, you know, every time a celebrity 
you know, a, a movie star, The Rock, let's say, every time he did a movie, he went three months, like, messed up with the flu because he up-leveled and, you know, in his life and his, his money up-leveled. Like, that doesn't even make sense. I would be like, Rock, please quit. You're killing yourself. <laughs> but this is, this is a belief that we have within, you know, the spiritual community and the coaching community that is not in other places. You know, we don't expect celebrities, you know, break down for X amount of months after they create masterpiece. You know what I mean? Hell yeah. It's so true. And I think it's, it's like, how can it not get into our heads when, when we learn about all the stuff, we learn about the healing work, we learn about trauma work, right? I want to highlight this a lot because we learn about trauma work and it's like, oh, this is going to be horrible for your body. And that's how you do the healing work. So I remember, I I really want to share this. I'll do it anonymously, but I remember seeing someone's post and it said, if you're not over the toilet, throwing up, feeling the worst you've ever felt in your life, something like that, I'm paraphrasing, but definitely like over the toilet, throwing up, crying harder than you've ever cried, whatever. Are you really doing trauma work? Like, are you really doing it? I saw a post like that and it's still in my head. That's still in my head. I haven't thrown up from trauma work yet. And I'm like, am I doing the trauma work? So this is a great example of like, once we start to look into healing modalities and trauma healing and emotional healing, how caught up we can get at on what other people are experiencing. And if we are not experiencing it, we're doing it wrong. What do you think about that, Rosalie? Yeah, you know, it's all the same. Like, it's, again, it is a, a limiting belief, you know. Who's to say that your experiences are, are going to be my experiences? Mm-hmm. Like, I do tons of trauma work within myself. Like, I've been on a journey of doing, you know, inner child work. And I, you know, again, I do this work joyfully. Not because if I don't do the inner child work, my life will be over. Like, no, there is no doom. There's, you know, there's no, there's no, you know, apocalypse coming because Rosalie did not do her trauma work. Like this is, this is the work that I do because I want to be a little more free because I want, you know, to up level. I want to help my clients in a whole new way, mm-hmm. you know? So I do this work very intentionally and I do this work because I want to, and I desire the up level from doing, you know, inner child work is fascinating to me. So, you know, when I, I personally do my inner child work, like I'm just in there investigating, you know, whether I do it with myself or I do it with the help of a coach or something, I, you know, I'm in there like digging stuff. And, and if I have to cry, I cry. And, and if I don't, if I could joyfully just move through, you know, whatever it is that my inner child needs, then I do that. Like, you know, I, I recently did some inner child work that made me cry, but it was because it caught me off guard. But when I do it consciously, then now like I can move through, you know, what my my body needs or what, you know, I need to I need to be doing for whatever inner trauma I might have. So yeah, I just think that again, I just think that and you know, I have a big issue with this because I feel that as coaches, as mentors, as healers, or people, you know, who have followings, who have clients, 
I think that we have a huge responsibility, right? To, to not tell people that our experiences are the only experiences that are ever going to happen. Because when we do that, you know, we work a lot of people that are vulnerable because they're in the, you know, they're in their pain, they're in their process, in their journey. When we do that, we, we put things in their, you know, in their perception that can hinder them. Like concepts like, like, like these, you know what I mean? That nobody's talking about the opposite, you know, yeah. It's the same thing, like you were saying earlier that we were talking about childbirth. It's the same thing. You know, Hollywood tells us that giving birth is, is horribly painful. Women are screaming, you know, mm-hmm. grabbing onto their husband's collars, about to break their hands, like very dramatic. We grew up seeing this stuff, you know what I mean? And, and then, you know, our mothers and our grandmothers, depending how old they are, they, you know, they were in a time before, you know, modern, like real modern medicine or new technologies in, in childcare, you know, and in, in, in childcare, yeah, and, and, you know, that take care of women who were pregnant. And, you know, anesthesia was kind of new and, and some, you know, especially in, in the country where my family's from, Dominican Republic, and cesarean was horrible. And the women were dying from childbirth as they were out in the country. And, you know, it was very traumatic. So here we are in modern times. We have Hollywood and we have old stories mm-hmm. from, from our families. And they all tell a very similar story. Like childbirth is life-threatening and, and childbirth is painful and it's a horrible experience. And, you know, even when you're pregnant, instead of looking beautiful, it's not, you look like, you look like Fiona. Like it mm-hmm. is what it is. This is the conversation, <laughs> you know, especially my family. So when I was, when I was, you know, giving birth, my, my first birth experience, yes, I went through all the bad stuff. I was expecting all the bad stuff. When I gave birth, it wasn't, it wasn't horrible, but I was, I was thinking that it wasn't horrible because I was in the days. It was like giving birth and I was in the twilight zone, right? Like mm-hmm. I, I was young and I was kind of like scared and I didn't know what to expect and it was very weird. Mm-hmm. But by the time I had my second kid, I, you know, I, I went into labor and I realized that I didn't even need to do anything that, and again, this is my own experience, right? But I, I didn't even do nothing. Like my body pushed itself and my child came and I didn't rip and, and I, you know, it wasn't a bad experience. And I said, hold up, there's something to this. Mm -hmm. So do we all suffer because of childbirth or there's, different experiences mm-hmm. so then when my friends would get pregnant I'm like hold up don't listen to people yeah <laughs> you don't know what your experience is going to be like like be open because I felt no pain mm. was I a little uncomfortable yes and maybe a little bored <laughs> I did not feel pain you know <laughs> and I tell people I'm like don't listen to people and you know and then my third pregnancy I I started to investigate because there's so much information out there. Sometimes we rather listen to people, you know, around us than actually go out and look for the information. And, uh, you know, we have to remember that the people around us are also, you know, programmed with old stories. And they probably know as much as you know. So it's important for us to look for information, you know. Mm-hmm. So I came across 
the the, the women who do the orgasmic birth mm. very taboo topic mm. the women who who laugh during birth so that they can their minds can perceive happiness instead of pain then i came across you know hypnobirthing which i thought it was an amazing concept so i did that and you know and and i came across so many other things of women who were having different experiences in birth and they were talking about feeling ecstasy and feeling happy and feeling this and not feeling pain and i was like there's more to this there's more to this than the stories of hollywood you know so with my with my last pregnancy i you know i went into i went into labor doing my hypnobirthing and you know with that i did feel way more uncomfortable and i don't know if it was exactly pain or just very intense you know feelings like i i can't even describe to you because you know now that i my son is already 10 months Today, I, I can't really tell you if I had pain. <laughs> I think that if I would have pain, I would really know that I was in a lot of pain. But, you know, I didn't cry. I didn't scream. I didn't beat up my husband during, like, I, I you know, I had a really fast moving, you know, labor and I gave birth to my son and I did not rip and it wasn't horrible. Like, you know, we, we got to expect better for ourselves. Mm-hmm. regardless of what people say and you know and and you people might hear this and say okay she's a freak of nature mm-hmm. okay you know but I know for a fact we get to experience different things and I I probably have a million stories and I don't know what could be more dramatic than than you know childbirth but mm-hmm. I remember a a few years ago I broke my wrist I went um roller skating and I broke my wrist and as soon as you know I fell down I heard the crack and it was like a crack within me (laughs) I I had never broken a bone so that was you know my first and only experience and I hope it's my last so when I fell down you know I see this I see this lady and she comes you know she's so concerned and I say you know you see that guy over there that's my husband tell him I can hear so my husband comes and I'm like I broke my wrist and he's like, stop playing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm not playing. Like I broke my wrist and I show him my wrist and my wrist <clears throat> is twisted mm. and is already swelling. So he takes off my skates and I run to get like my, my sandals. And I am telling my kids like, hurry up, let's go. And we're in the car. And all of a sudden I have this download, right? I don't know if it's just information that was in my mind from like all the medical shows I've seen before, or it was just like a divine download, but it was like, put on some music and sing Mm. so that your mind can think about something else except for the pain. And I immediately put on like the station and there was like this rap by like Drake on. And I was just like rapping (laughs) a very bad singer, like, horrible so <laughs> I, can't, I can't rap either so <laughs> like, here I am you know bobbing my head moving my my good hand and and rapping loudly right <laughs> I, I turn over and I look at my husband and he's like wide up <laughs> what the hell is wrong with you and then I look at my kids and they're like scared they're like what is going on like 
they were <laughs> they were expecting me to be in like horrible pain. Mm-hmm. So I tell my husband, I'm like, no, let's take the kids first home and then take me to the hospital. And my husband's like, no, like I'm taking you to the hospital right now because he had a belief that my hand was still warm from the injury. This is, this is how he describes it. Your hand is still warm from the injury. Once it starts to cool down, you're going to be in horrible pain. And I, and I, I tell my husband, I'm like, no, baby, that's why I'm, I'm rapping. You know, that's why I'm rapping. Like, so yeah. my mind, mind can't think about two things at the same time. Like, yeah. now, you know, I'm trying to explain this concept that I didn't really understand myself because I'm just, I was just testing it out. Mm-hmm. And he takes me to the hospital, you know, make sure I'm admitted and all that. And the doctor, you know, the the ER doctor, he he says, okay, let's do the X-ray. He does the X-ray. Effectively, my bone is is cracked in two places. And he says, okay, let's give you some pain meds. And I was like, hold up, <laughs> what are you giving me? You know, what are you giving me? And he said, well, I'm giving you, you know, trauma meds. I'm giving you hydrocodone, Vicodin, whatever. And I said, no, I'm not taking that. I said, you can give me some ibuprofen. I said, I'm not, I'm not in pain, you know? So then he looks at me weird, like I'm a freak of nature, honestly. That was the expression. And and he's like, okay, like I'll send a nurse to give you some ibuprofen then. So, you know, cutting the story short, you know, it it's just I didn't feel pain the entire time. I needed to get surgery, so I got surgery. I was admitted to the hospital four days. They gave me a nerve block during surgery and then they said to take some stronger meds because the pain was going to, you know, I, I have a titanium and five or six tubes and they said that I was going to feel pain. I didn't feel pain the entire time. Mm. I didn't expect to feel pain because I was like, if I broke it and I didn't feel pain because my mind was wrapping, mm-hmm. then I'm not going to feel pain now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I, I, you know, I don't know if it was the expectancy. It was me expecting to have a different experience. But I can tell you that a lot of people were freaked out <laughs> by <laughs> yeah. what what in turn does is that it, once you experience the other side, right? Once you get to up level without the ascension flu and feeling like crap, once you get to have childbirth and not be in horrible pain, once you get to go through, you know, an accident and not be in pain, it wires your mind to expect different things. And why is your mind to think differently versus listening to everybody having the same experiences? So I'm grateful for all of this because it was able to open me up to have a different concept of life and to question different beliefs. Exactly. We you know? have the power to decide what our reality is going to be. And it's just an it's another version of empowerment. Like even within these kind of sub alternative groups like spiritual groups, conspiracy groups, natural health groups, herbalism groups, alternative forms of business, like business education groups, there is still going to be a culture and we get to decide if we want to just become a part of that culture or figure out the parts of that culture we really like and the parts that we want to rewrite for ourselves. I think it's so important to remember that because, you know, I know when I got into this, I 
I got into the, the health realm and then I heard about the health realm. Oh, if you eat, if you eat bread, if you eat processed stuff, you're going to be fucked. Your skin's going to be messed up. Your gut's going to be messed up. So guess what my reality was? <laughs> if I wasn't eating a restrictive diet, I was having constipation. I was having diarrhea. I was having inflammation. My skin was messed up. And it got my diet got so restricted where I was like, oh my God, I feel so powerless. This is not the point. This is not the point. This is not why I'm doing this. This is not why I'm spending so much time on my diet. So then more recently, I just opened it up and I was like, you know what? I'm done. I'm not going to have, I'm not going to have to have a restrictive diet anymore. I'm going to eat what I want to eat and I'm not going to react because I'm more powerful than that. And guess what? <laughs> It took a few tries, you know, of being like, oh, I might react. Okay, I might not. To be like, wow, I can eat what I want and I don't react. Now, mind you, I like to feed my body with good stuff. And I do believe that we are being brainwashed in part through processed food. So I don't eat processed food every single meal because I, my body feels really happy when I'm eating, a, I'm eating a smoothie or I'm eating some really good meat or something like that. But I eat processed food when I'm in the mood for it and it doesn't make me react. So, and then, you know, I, you know, we get into, we learn about business theory. Maybe if we're starting a business, if, if we're a coach, if we, if we have like a side gig that we want to earn money from and it's like, okay, you have to do, you have to hustle in order to make the amount of money that you want. And then you start realizing, okay, I have to hustle and it's going to be hard um, and, or I have to hustle. It's going to be hard. And then I'm going to get what I want, but then I'm going to burn out. <laughs> and that's the fucking cycle. And then you get into spirituality and it's like, okay, you're going to level up, but it's going to feel like shit. <laughs> And then you're stuck in that cycle. So like in every, even in the empowering realms, even in the empowering sectors, social sectors, social groups, there are still limiting beliefs that get gets passed around. So how to navigate that? Question, just question everything. Like don't overthink everything, but, but just ask yourself, like, do I want this narrative for myself? Just remember that you can create your own reality. You know, what, what other advice would you give Rosalie to navigating all of this? Yeah. You know, like you said, question would be number one. I think that's where it first starts. Like whatever I hear, whether it is, you know, in spirituality, where it's business, where it's religion, you know, I, I question the information. Like we have to remember that most of the information comes from a person's experience. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I do with the questioning, I do a lot of introspect, like, do I believe that all business strategies work? Yes, I do. I do. I believe that they have worked with someone, but I'm not everybody. Does it, mm -hmm. is that something that I want to do? Does it work for me? You know, and I feel like sometimes we have to be easy on the topic so that we, we're not, you know, grabbing a concept and making it law because we can end up very frustrated when it doesn't really work for us, you know? Yeah. Does this, does, does this, that's why we have so many options, you know what I mean? And every single area, there's a million options, honestly. You know, does healing in this way, does this feel like natural to me? Yes or no? Mm-hmm. 
Does it work? Yes, it has worked for people, of course. Does it feel natural to me? Do do I want to do it? Is does this feel like my way? Mm. You know, like I've been able to to find what works for me. You know what I mean? And even when I hire a coach, business or or not, you know, I I take things that are life-changing for me and then I leave everything else that did, did not work yeah. because the person's only teaching based on what worked for them and we have to remember that whatever teachings come there's things that we don't account for which is you know the the person's willpower which is the person's energy the person's mentality at the time you mm-hmm. know the person's thir- circumstances how that person was financially the stress they had in their life all those things, you know, determine whether a concept works or not for them. Mm-hmm. If if you if you let's say you have the luxury to be home and dedicate, you know, all of your time to your business, then a person who hustles twenty four hours, that concept and that business model and that stuff might make sense. But if you're you're here with three kids, a job, you know, a family and you only have four hours to dedicate to your business and you're trying to fit into this hustle model, how are you going to do it? So we have to, we have to question and we have to internally question ourselves, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I love it. And I think it's always good to remember that we are all always learning. (laughs) Every human being is still learning. If they are a human being and if they are on this earth in the 3D, they are still learning. So that's not to say don't trust anyone that you ever talk to. No, just like Rosalie said, take the parts that feel really good to you and test out some other parts. What the hell? Test out the other parts, see how it works for you. But the but but the parts that don't resonate with you, that's okay. Everyone is learning, everyone is human, which means they have they, they know the answers maybe already for some topics. They don't know the answers for other topics. So just remember that. I know that's something for me really also, I think it ties into me being a big empath. That's something that I can, I can really get caught up in if I'm not careful. If I get really into to some, I don't know, a thesis that someone is kind of pushing online like a a law like you say Rosalie that 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 someone's pushing online and a topic I'm like all in and that's good because I immerse myself in it I experiment with it I take on all that good information that does feel good to me and then I'll get to the point where I'm like wait some of this stuff doesn't resonate with me. And I can make the decision at that point to just go along with it anyway, even though it doesn't feel good or say, okay, well, this is where I'm at with this topic or with this person. I really vibe with part of what they're saying. I'm not vibing with hundred percent of it. Well, we're different people and I don't need to take everything they say as law. And that's okay. That's how it's supposed to be because we all have our own needs and, and opinions. So I would also like to note and talk about Rosalie, that there is, there are times for us, like let's use, let's use uh, leveling up as an example. So when I first started doing that, when I first started getting into spirituality, further coaching on spirituality and doing my own emotional healing, trauma healing, spiritual healing, I did start to feel like shit naturally. And I still don't know to this day if subconsciously 
that was a belief system that I didn't, I didn't consciously know knew I had yet or what, but I did start to feel shitty. And right now, the way I look at it is I was starting to feel shitty because I was leveling up and it just naturally was happening that way. So one of my mentors at the time said to me, well, Emily, I, I told her, well, I'm feeling, I'm feeling off. I'm feeling like, oh, I, I remember I said the words, I'm feeling hungover today, but I'm still sober. I wasn't drinking, <laughs> um, but I'm feeling hungover today. And they said back to me, you're leveling up. That's why you feel that way. And in that moment, I was honestly so relieved because I was like, oh my God, thank God. I'm not like, my health isn't falling apart. I'm not regressing. I'm not, I'm not, I don't know, holding myself back. I'm not going back into a depression. I'm leveling up and I'm going into new timelines or new, I'm going through an ascension. And that's why I feel like this. That was a very supportive a very reassuring, validating feeling. And I really enjoyed that. So there was a time in my life where I really needed to feel the ascension flu. And part of the reason why I needed to feel that is because I needed to move past it. I, need to, I needed to learn what it felt like, validate it, so I could move, fat, move past it. And it's funny because that's how I talk about emotional healing as a whole. You need to feel the emotions so you can so you can validate them, so you can move past them. And, and it worked the same in my life with, with these kind of belief systems. So you also say, Rosalie, that sometimes we do feel these, these physical symptoms. Sometimes we do cry when we're doing trauma work. Do you have any words on how to navigate that? You know, like, let's say we don't want, we don't want our ascension to be painful. Sometimes we feel it. Do you have any tips on how to navigate that? Yeah. So, you know, is I want to say it's unrealistic to think that you can move through a lot of emotional stuff and not feel anything, mm. right? Like, it just is is con contrary to what emotions are. So, you know, a lot of times, especially at the beginning, now you know I don't feel as much, you know, because I'm not processing so much new information so you know at the beginning it's all very new to us mm -hmm. and some of us you know are still trying to navigate regular emotions so here comes the spiritual awakening you know mm. so but you know as we we continue on in our journey we we can make the decision to be like oh you know I'm just processing information and, you know, and some, and some of this stuff feels like we're grieving our old selves. So grieving is one of those things that, you know, kind of put you in the dumps and, and, and I understand that, mm -hmm. but I think that when we're going through, you know, all of the, you know, moving the energy and all of this new emotions and leaving parts of ourselves behind, because that's ultimately what we're doing, you know, we could be conscious in the moment. We could say, you know, and I think that is the key, self-awareness. Mm. This is not something that's randomly just happening to you. This is something that you could be, that it could be consciously happening to you. You know, even even on days like, like I was telling you, I was doing some um, inner child healing and I cried. 
I, I was like, you know, I know why, I know why I'm crying. I'm crying because I didn't know that that part of me felt neglected, you know? And then from that place, I can empower myself to just give myself what I need. Today, I was talking to a friend of mine and she's going through a rough time. And, and I said, you know, you don't need to do anything, but give yourself what you need. And sometimes that looks like you listening to your intuition. And if your intuition says that what you need is to cover yourself in a warm blanket and drink some soup, then cover yourself in a blanket and drink some soup. Mm-hmm. If you need to go take a walk, you do that. And if you need to, you know, watch a movie, you do do that. And if you need to hold space for yourself, you do that. You know, it's all about just moving through the process consciously and being self-aware of what you need. And, uh, you know, the more you do that, the easier it is and the the faster you will navigate this this journey. You know, sometimes I think what happens and which is why it just becomes a bad experience is because we we feel the emotion and then we want to dwell in the emotion we feel the emotion and then we we want to entertain this emotion and even worse if we're not feeling the emotion then we think we're not progressing you know like i don't know if you're aware of this but even even you know meditation can become addictive to some people why because they need they need to feel energy they need to feel all this different stuff and and when they're not feeling it in their meditation it's like you know they they feel like they're not meditating they feel like they're not going deeper and then they try new things and new things just so that they can feel energy and it's just become an addictive cycle believe it or not meditation (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. what i mean like because we're so accustomed to want to feel things and when we're not feeling something and when there's not you know, uh, when there's not uh, a fact, when there's not a, a byproduct, there's not a thing, then we feel like it's not working and it's just not true. Mm-hmm. And if we could, you know, understand that, like you can, you can move energy and it not be dramatic. You can move through inner child healing and it not be dramatic. You can do the inner work in relationship and self-identity and everywhere else that you need your healing. And you could do it and not be dramatic. It does not have to be dramatic. But people are wanting to do and feel something. And I don't know if it's, if it's because we live in a world that feels so numbing at times, you know, we sit in front of Netflix so we could just be numbed down by watching TV, you know, I don't know. But I know that we want to feel something. And sometimes chasing that feel is what's messing us up when we could just do the work and expect it to be good, less it. Oh yeah. I love, I fucking love when you just drop these bombs, like these knowledge bombs. And I know it's coming. Like you just pepper it in with these amazing, they're like prophecies, you know, I have experienced that with meditation and journaling. And I, it's something, it's, it's something that I'm experimenting a lot with now only meditating when I'm really feeling like, Ooh, Mm, it sounds so good to meditate this week. Let's fucking do it. If I feel like I have to do it, I don't want to do it. <laughs> and I, I make a practice of not doing that. It, it, it's really easy to get in these cycles of, 
I think it's helpful at first to hold yourself accountable. If you feel like meditation is helping you and you're just dipping your toes into all these different healing modalities, do it and hold yourself accountable. There may be some times at first that you don't feel like doing it, but you kind of you do it anyway and you're so glad you did. So like do it. But after I was doing it for a couple of years, I started to say, oh, there, I, I could just feel myself becoming stagnant in it. And I was like, you know what? I don't need to do this every day just because I think I should be doing it every day. I can do other things. I can go out in the sun and take a walk. I can do a fucking walking meditation with my eyes open, just looking at the leaves. I can go out in my garden and weed my garden and feel so close to God. In fact, closer to God than I have in a lot of my meditations. So I'm not just talking shit about meditations here, but it's just an example, like kind of uh, expanding on what you're saying, Rosalie, like we don't, we don't need to be doing something special always to, to, to get closer to God or to be healing. We don't need to be doing something like, we don't need to keep doing, 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 doing all the time. We can also just be and heal from that. Right. We don't have to catch the Holy Spirit to know that God is within us. Like, mm. it does not have to be dramatic. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I, I, I really love, I really love this concept. And I think that it's important for us to, yeah, it's important. It, I'm going to put it like this. Before I, there's, there are stages in this fucking process and there are stages in life. So for me personally, before I... Before I started being conscious of where I was at in my life and before I started any conscious healing practices, I felt quite numb, like you say, Rosalie, and I wanted to feel so that I went to substance abuse, I went to consistent relationships, I couldn't be alone because I wanted to feel something. And it's so nice how this all, everything just fucking ties in. And I, but when someone would ask me about my mental health, I would be like, eh, it's fine. I'm fine. You know? So at that point I was feeling like everything was like, yeah, okay. Because I haven't, I hadn't even looked inside of myself. I'd been running from myself, but I, my health was deteriorating and I felt unfulfilled. So anyone who's listening, who they feel like they haven't quite gone on the path of conscious healing yet. And everything feels like, huh okay in your life, but you're, something is missing. Something is feeling unfulfilled. You're going into practices that don't make you feel good. That's a good sign that maybe you do need to feel, maybe you do need to embody your emotions. Maybe you do need to get super dramatic for three months or maybe a year or whatever. Maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't, maybe your healing journey will look different, but some, like there's a time and a place for all of this stuff. Right. But we don't need to like keep ourselves in the cycle of feeling like shit just to keep ourselves in the cycle of feeling like shit. It can look like whatever, right? So there was a time and place I needed to feel my emotions for all, for many months on purpose, dramatically, so I could get to the place where I could say, okay, I'm done feeling like this and I want to heal in a different way, in a more evolved way. And I think that it also speaks to this whole topic also speaks to quitting your job. If you don't like your job, a lot of people, and I've seen it left and right. I've seen parents do it to kids. I've seen friends do it to friends. Siblings do it to siblings say, well, 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 you can't quit your job just because you hate it. 
because you need security. What are you going to do? You're going to lose you might lose everything if you quit your job. So we also keep ourselves in this narrative of, well, I'm supposed to feel like I don't like my job because there's security there. And if I do quit my job, it's going to be horrible. So it's this, this topic really extends to every facet of our lives. Like just start to look for it and see, see where it is because it really extends to all different facets of our lives. So what do you think, Rosalie? What, what, what do you think about what I just said? I think you're, you're right on the money. You know, for me, it was like, <laughs> for me, I, I started to hate and resent my job. And I had, a, I had to have a conversation with myself about that when I was in corporate America. Mm-hmm. I'm not in corporate America anymore, but, you know, for me, it was just like you said, I felt like I needed a reason. You know, it, it's funny because it, it all extends to everything, you know, like mm-hmm. with my job, I felt like I needed to be un- so uncomfortable with my job that for me to, to be able to leave my job. And if we really think about it, you don't need to be uncomfortable with your job to realize that you want to do something else. You could just, you get to do something else. Mm. Um, but you know it like you said it extends to everything like I had a conversation with someone the other day where they were creating a lot of drama in their life because they wanted to go and do something and they needed a justification they needed a reason to go do it and I and I what I told this person is you know that other person that you're dealing with does not have to be a villain for you to go do what you want to do in life you know and I think that it's comfortable for us you know, humans to create scenarios and create, you know, different things to justify how we think we should be feeling. And what's funny about all this is that sometimes, yeah, at the beginning, you know, things can be very dramatic. I know for me it was, and then I found a new way. But what's funny about all this is that you reach a point where you're acting at a habit instead of acting from a place that feels real. And what I mean about that is that, you know, for me, I realized that sometimes I was reacting because I felt that I needed to react that way. I felt like the reaction was expected. Do I really want to react to that? Or do I really feel deep enough to want to react? You know, because we start reacting from a conscious level instead of from an unconscious level. And it looks very different. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the times, you know, we, we do things like, you know, we do some work and we think that we should be crying. When in fact, we don't feel the emotions inside of us to really cry, but we feel that it's expected of us to mm-hmm. justify or, or, or to validate the experience of healing it's so true it's so true I love I love that we have graduated to this topic specifically Rosalie first of all I want to highlight what you said earlier we don't have to hate our jobs in order to allow ourselves to quit and do something that we want to do right I I I think this is a big topic for a lot of people right now because, and I, this is why I want to highlight this. And then I will, I would, I'm so happy to go back to our other topic that we've graduated to, but a lot of people right now are 
becoming very, very conscious and becoming very aware of what they're capable of. This is amazing. This is going to determine our future on this earth. I believe this. Okay. This is, this is my outlook. So I have to highlight it right now. Our future on earth is going to look very, very good. If we all take action, when we're feeling like we need to take action to become more empowered, a lot of people are waking up right now and we want to take action on that. So a lot of people are starting to realize, okay, my job is like fine, but it's not really what I want to do. And it's not really what I'm meant to be doing. And I don't quite know what I'm meant to be doing yet, but I kind of think it would be this. And if I could have a fantasy job, it'd be this, but I don't hate my job that much. So I'm just going to stay there. Okay. What Rosalie is telling us and what I fully believe as well is that we don't have to have some catastrophic, horrible thing happen in our job in order for us to allow ourselves to switch to doing something that we love. I think that's really important to note. And I want to make sure, Rosalie, do you agree with that? Of course. Of yeah. course I do. You know, that was my experience. I worked for an amazing construction company. When I left, like they were trying to convince me to stay. They, you know, they... Before I left, I did a like a, a goodbye dinner at a, an amazing restaurant. Gave me gifts, gave me over five hundred dollars. Wow. You know, they these people did not want me to leave. They felt like family to me too. You know, I was sad about leaving, but my desire to work my business full time was even more. So, you know, I didn't I didn't leave because I hated them and because my boss is an asshole or anything like that. Mm-hmm. No. Like I left because I wanted other things for my life and my family. And, you know, when you see it from that place, life becomes so much easier. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and, and how many times do we need a justification for the things that we need? How many times does the man needs to be, or the woman needs to be a villain before we leave the relationship? How many times, mm-hmm. you know, do our coaches or mentors need to be the villain before we decide that that coaching situation is not ideal for us? Like, you know, we need to question ourselves in in so many ways. And this Mm -hmm. is definitely one of them, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're good. You're good. I was done. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So true. So I, I love that example from your life, Rosalie, because it, I think it applies to so many of us. So really I'm, I'm super fired up about that. I think it's so important for us to be reminded of that. Now, what you're saying, this genius stuff about, and I know we've talked about this too, when we've had a, we've had a personal call together, feeling like you, you need to react a certain way because you're used to reacting that way. Oh my God. I've, fucking love this topic so much. When you brought it up the first time, I was like, I know exactly what you're talking about. I realized that this was the case for me in dating situations. So I realized that I'm not upset if someone ghosts me, like if we're not in a relationship yet and we just, we, maybe we had one date, maybe even maybe we had two dates or maybe we're just talking and then they just stop talking to me. People tend to freak out about other people ghosting them. And that's fine. Like that's, that's cool. Like do whatever you, you feel is right. 
I used to get really obsessive about that and upset as well. And then recently, now that, you know, I'm kind of back on the dating scene, got out of a serious relationship, I realized that it doesn't, it doesn't matter to me anymore. It doesn't upset me. It just, it gives me my answer immediately, right? Like, of course, if I was see, if I was in a relationship with someone and all of a sudden I just never heard from them anymore, I would be worried, right? But if it's someone that I don't really know that well yet and they just stop answering me, to me, it just gives me my answer. Okay, so they're not meant for me. There's, I don't need to, I don't need to try to understand what's going through their head. I don't need an explanation from them. I don't even really need an apology from them. I think that there are more graceful ways of, and like healthy, like emotionally healthy ways of breaking off situation with someone who you're dating for sure. Like there are more ideal ways of doing that, but it just tells me, look, this is not the person that I'm meant to be with. I don't want, I don't want to be with someone who has a tendency to ghost people in the first place. So it gives me my answer right away. And I'm just grateful that, you know, I got my answer now and not later on down the line. But when, when I, when that first happened to me, I went back to my knee jerk reaction of like, yeah, they, what the hell they, they go. I don't even think I've, I've gotten ghosted like recently. It's all been like, I've had great, great experience, like very polite experience dating so far. But like the last time, for example, that I got ghosted, maybe it was even before my past relationship. I started to react the way that I was used to reacting. And I realized partway through, oh my God, I really don't give a shit about this anymore. (laughs) Like I got my answer and I'm not mad about it. And I kind of felt like encouraged to be mad about it, but like societally, like socially encouraged to be bad about it, but I'm not, I'm just not mad at it. So anyway, Rosalie, like, is that what you noticed as well as you started uh, leveling up, uh, healing, you, you kind of went through that same system of going back to your knee jerk reaction and, and realizing that that's not really the case for you anymore? Yeah, so, you know, and I noticed it everywhere. So it wasn't just, you know, in one area or the other, it was just everywhere, mm. you know, it would be in, in, in like things that I used to react to with my husband and no longer mattered because I had a different perspective, but then I, I still wanted to go back to the old ways out of habit. And then I was like, holy crap. And then, you know, and then it was with my kids, the way I would recommend them. And then, you know, some things that had evolved. Mm-hmm. because I had gained some new concepts, but I was still trying to react for some reason. And, you know, I would, I would catch me and I still do. I, I really do. You know, even in, in business, there's, there's so many scenarios, you know, and now I choose to not say certain things about certain things. And I choose not to react because I honestly don't care anymore because, you know, we, we get to evolve from certain concepts and we get, to have different reactions to certain concepts. So, you know, as we grow and we self-develop, there's things that are no longer an issue in our lives because we don't see them as important anymore, not the way we used to before. And, you know, it extends to like everywhere in our lives, you know, mm-hmm. everywhere. Even, even with like, because people are going to act how people act until they evolve, right? But we get to act differently so you know family used to trigger me a whole lot 
they they still do the same thing they still do the same thing I just don't care anymore yeah you know what I mean so now I just don't react anymore and if you're not if you're not watchful you'll react out of habit when really you didn't even you're past that already you don't care no more you know Mm -hmm. so it's the same thing that you're saying about ghosting you know Mm-hmm. Like nothing changed. People will ghost and and people will react, but within you, you know, you you realize that nobody owes you anything. Yeah. That if people ghost you, and they that's the way they choose to do it, then it's more about them than you. You know, yeah. and because you gain a different perspective, now you don't you don't have that strong energy to add to that versus before you know, if somebody would ghost you, that would deplete your energy for who knows how long because you gave it so much meaning, you know? Mm-hmm. So as, as we evolve, which is, which is why we do the work, which is why it's so important, which is why I'm such an advocate of doing it consciously and because you desire to, to move up, you know what I mean? You desire to have a different way of thinking and a different way of living. As we, as we move up, you know, and level up and, and we grow our consciousness. We obtain different perspectives, different concepts that feel better, that feel better to us. Because just think about us reacting all day. How do you hold an energy when you're just reacting to the world, when there's mm-hmm. so much to react to? How do you hold an energy of well-being how do you hold an energy of abundance how do you hold an energy of health like when just think about the health industry and all the stuff that comes out in the paper every single day and the whole situation with the pandemic like we wouldn't be able to hold an energy of feeling healthy if we were just reacting all day to all this stuff Mm -hmm. you know so it's so important that we so self-awareness has to be the number one thing in our lives, honestly. Witnessing ourselves, witnessing our reactions, witnessing our triggers, witnessing our mind. Like self-aware has to be the number one thing in our life. It really does. Because if not, we're waking up as accidents, we're walking around as zombies, we're reacting to every single thing. And there's so much information in this world. So true. Mm-hmm. So true. Yeah, we need to honor our energy and and be choosy and picky about how we want to spend our energy. I would tell people like, for example, interesting conversations I got into sometimes on dating apps. So I would, there would be a religious person uh, talking to me who is on the more spiritual side rather than organized religion. And we would kind of have to figure out if we had common ground <laughs> or not. And I remember someone really wanting to talk to me about Jesus and who Jesus was and what that meant to him. So, but he started the conversation with, well, I, it looks like we're not a good match, but I'm just like very curious about you. And before we even got into that conversation, I was like, okay, tell me what you mean about not a good match, because I want to be really careful about where I spend my energy. Because if we go through this whole conversation and it's kind of just for the sake of proving our points to each other, 
I'm not interested because there are a whole bunch of different people on earth that have all these different opinions. And I'm not really here to defend my outlook on who I think God is. And that felt so good in that moment to say like, look, I want to be careful about where I spend my energy. Put your priorities in order, right? Put your priorities in order. Where do you want to spend your energy? We don't, it doesn't work to just like, we need sleep. We need rest. We need alone time. We need quiet time. So to recharge. So if we are going to if we are going to use some of that time that we could be resting, we could be recharging, how do we want to use that time? It's precious. We have a lot of it, but it's also precious. So I think, you know, we get raised to believe that, oh, you have like, just keep going, going, going and going. You don't need to recharge at all. No, it doesn't work like that. So just choose where you want your energy. And I would say like, choose Choose situations where you can gain energy from the experience. What do you think about that, Rosalie? Yeah, most definitely. You know, going back to what you were saying a few minutes back about people who get burnt out and how we think that that's the way you should be in business. You know, the same thing. It's like I, I gain a concept of like, I don't believe in burnout. Yeah. I don't believe I will ever burn out in business, you know. And some people be like, oh, you're not working hard enough. Well, yes, I am. You know, I am. The thing is, I choose to be aware of what I need. Mm -hmm. And when I need rest, I give myself rest. So when I want to work, because I have the, the strong desire to work, and, you know, and if you know anything about human design, I'm a generator. I love to work <laughs> because working and things that feel fulfilling and beautiful and amazing and, and helping people and having conversations like the ones we're having today gives me energy. Mm -hmm. you know which is what you said do things that give you energy and you know so I have this concept that burning out is not I'm not available for that I'm not available for burning out because before we even burn out there's triggers there's there's red flags there's things that are saying hey you need to be doing something else because this is not this doesn't feel good anymore mm -hmm. and when I'm working and I have, you know, things that must be done. I get my must be done things. And then I go and fill my cup. However that looks. Whether that looks like I'm out, you know, doing something for myself or going out to a restaurant, making love to my husband or whatever the hell I want to do. Then I do that. You know what I mean? Because I'm very self-aware. And I think that we would avoid a lot of things. A lot of things that we take as, oh, they're going to happen to you. We could avoid a lot of those you know, unwritten laws, if we were just self-aware and self-directed and leading ourselves versus listening to every, every single person. Mm -hmm. Don't get me wrong. I love the hustle and I like the term hustle in the very masculine way. And I think that it's important for us to work, to create, you know, our lives that a life we love. Does that look differently for a lot of people? Yeah, there's some people that work in their feminine and it goes great. And there's people that work in their masculine and that's fine too, mm -hmm. you know, but it's all about us becoming so self-aware that we understand what we need mentally, physically, and energetically. Yeah, so true. So beautifully said. On that note, Rosalie, I'm wondering, what are you working on with your clients these days? Like what are some... What are some modalities you're working on them with? What are some topics that have been coming up? What's it like to be your client these days? 
So I work a lot on self-identity, right? Mm. Who am I? What do I truly want? Mm. Um, and these are, you know, these are women who have amazing businesses. These are women who are making tons of money. But the question of, you know, what do I want and getting to know myself deeper is, <clears throat> it's, it's a thing for everybody. And it doesn't matter if you, you know, if you are the king of who knows what or Obama or, you know, mm-hmm. or, or a person just starting out in business, this question will always be this thing within us that we have to go in deeper and deeper. So self-identity, you know, embodiment of who we desire. I think we're moving into, into a, a space, a conscious space where we're, we're deciding who we are and what we want. Mm-hmm. And we want to embody that, right? We want to become the woman that's empowered. We want to become the CEO. We want to become, you know, the person that sets their spirituality. We want to become full embodiments of her calling. And that's what I work with people on. You know, most of the most of the things that come up, you know, are concepts like the imposter syndrome mm-hmm. <laughs> that I debunk every time. Like I, I don't I can't tell you how many times I had this conversation this week. You know, the conversations that we had today about burning out conversation about leveling up and the accession food. This is all of the conversations I have with these women, women who, you know, are working to be self-realized. And these concepts, you know, we're dropping concepts because they're still integrated within them as being true, you know, and they're already realizing that there is another way. I also work with my clients in relationships. That's a huge one, a huge one. And relationship with who they are and themselves, mm-hmm. but also having extraordinary relationships. I am huge on having amazing relationships, not only romantic, but with other people. I think it's important that we have standards in our relationship. So I'm very big on that. And you know that we have an mm-hmm. extraordinary relationship. And then, you know, I also work with my clients on leadership. So those are my three pillars, you know, self-identity meaningful relationship and leadership and how to embody all of that. The woman that can, that knows why she walks to earth, the woman that can have extraordinary relationships in her life and the woman that is self-led. So that is the groundwork of everything I've been working on with my clients. Mm, So graceful, so fucking powerful. I love that description. It's huge. Like, Folks, listening to this discussion with Rosalie, you can see that she just knows stuff. She just knows stuff. And it's it's her, it's her being tapped in, it's her being able to channel. It's she it's a whole experience to talk to Rosalie. So imagine how it is to be coached by her. <laughs> Pretty fucking badass. Rosalie, we're reaching an hour and a half. I am so happy that I got to have this conversation with you. I could do it for three more hours. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always an honor to have you here. Thank you so much. I am so happy to be back. And before we end, are there any links that we need to be aware of? Are there any ways to find you that we need to be aware of? Are we still able to contact you through Instagram and through your Facebook group? Yeah, so... You can find me on Facebook is at the Rosalie with an E at the end effect. 
that is where most of my content is. And I have a Facebook group, which is amazing. It's called The Code You. You can message me on Facebook if you want the link to that, or you can just type The Code You on Facebook and you should see my group. Okay, perfect. Wonderful. Thank you, Rosalie. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you. I hope you loved this discussion with Rosalie Tolentino, Transformational Lifestyle Coach. I have all of Rosalie's contact information linked in the show notes. Be sure to head to Facebook, friend request her, message her, say hi, become a part of her Facebook group, the code U. It's powerful stuff. She always does just powerful connections with her audience and beautiful lives. So check it out on Facebook. And if you did love this episode, subscribe to this podcast, leave a rating and review, share this podcast with your community. And if you would like to book 30 or 60 minute readings with me, head to the link in my bio on Instagram at emilys.rootawakening to book a reading. If you are interested in one-to-one coaching, message me on Instagram or Facebook. My name on Facebook is M Kosick. I'm Emily Kosick, intuitive health coach and CEO of Root Awakening. Thanks so much for listening to this interview. I love you all. See you on the next episode.